0: The following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the views of W.A.B.C.
1: Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush.
2: Good morning, New York. It's the Dogs in Danger Hour, and we are on Not Live, Not Live. This is wow. the first show that is not live. We are on tape because we're supposed to be away in Los Angeles. Um, good morning, Brenda. Good morning. It is still morning. We are recording from New York, of course, but it is still morning here, and we have a phenomenal show for you. Um, And we're going to talk about something that every single dog owner, just like last week's show, which obviously was vaccinations, every single dog owner has come across every single day, which is dog food. Is there anybody out there that has a pet that has not had to deal with dog food? Well, we're going to talk about are they fit for consumption? i'm not I'm not talking about the dogs. can we eat them as well, or are they
3: regulated? Are they safe? Are they good? Are they balanced nutritious?
2: yeah, you're gonna learn a lot more about dog food than you ever knew. but before we get into that, let's talk um a couple of minutes about what happened over the last week and um I'm going to hint about this, but there is something coming up, coming up, something very very big in the animal front that this organization, meaning the Buddy Fund and Dogs in Danger, will be putting forth in the next year and, and we've not really mentioned this to anyone. It's only inside the inside the, the circle.
3: Don't worry, knows. I'm sure no one's listening right now either.
2: Uh, well, hopefully they are listening. <laughs> <I'm Hopefully, kidding. laughs> or, or else we're really wasting our time.
3: March of next year.
2: March of next year is a major event coming up in Madison Square Garden. It is
3: going to rock your world.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to tell any more about it, okay? But March ne- we are right now at Madison Square Garden because that's where ABC Studios are. WABC 77 is located right there and about, you know, what 50 feet from here or 100 feet from here, there's going to be an amazing event for the animals and we're not going to say any more than
3: Unprecedented, that. Unprecedented, historic event for the animals. So you'll have to stay tuned every week we're going to tease out a little bit of information, I think.
2: Yeah, and that's I think we've given too much away. So okay. let's let's put the clampers on that one. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about a piece of news that you gave me today. I just sent an email off to our good congressman – not congressman, representative – uh, Assemblyman Micah Kellner asking what's going on with that uh, with that uh, tremendous law that they're trying to get passed in New York State. Uh, it's called CARA, C A A R A. Right, and
3: it stands for Companion Animal Access and Rescue Act. It establishes standards of care for abandoned stray animals, and uh, and ensures that if a qualified rescue group wants to take an animal from a municipal shelter, that uh, they can they can do that. It's a
2: tremendous it's a tremendous achievement if this state which is basically in the Dark Ages as far as animal laws are concerned. It's really in the Dark Ages. I think the last Roman emperor when he was ruling, that's when they they passed the last law in New York about animal rights. Anyway, this so is the So if you live in law.
3: New York and you haven't already contacted your legislators, you need to do that and show your support for this. And it's New York State Senator Joseph Robach and Assembly Member Mika Kellner.
2: Yeah, it hasn't passed yet, guys. It hasn't passed, and we just heard... That it was not voted out of committee, meaning to go to the floor. It
3: was remanded back again. We thought it might come up for vote a couple weeks ago. It did yeah. not.
2: So that's not good news. I asked our uh, assembly. Well, member it's not what's bad news on. either.
3: It was sounds like it was uh, sent back for agriculture.
2: Exactly. So anyway, um, we will give you more updates as we know them. Um, I'm going to switch to our topic in just about a minute, I guess, because we should probably cut the commercial, come back with our first guest, and our topic today is dog food
3: and the pet food industry and the whole
2: pet food industry but most specifically we're going to talk about dog food and the things you need to know about dog food and your pet we'll We'll be be right back hi this is alex and brenda from the dogs in danger radio hour with a special message for you wabc listeners our charity the buddy fund has saved over fifty thousand dogs from being killed placing them in loving homes across the country
3: through our program dogs in danger we give a voice to the voiceless and raise awareness about issues and indiscretions in the animal community that would otherwise go unnoticed.
2: However, as a charity, we are dependent on donations from listeners like you to keep the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour alive on WABC Radio. We ask that you please look into your hearts. And if you support our cause and want to continue help us make a difference, please log on to DogsIndanger.com and make a donation to the Buddy Fund.
3: Any amount you can spare would go a long way in helping keep animals out of kill shelters and informative programming on the air. It's up to listeners like you to help make the difference in the life of a furry little friend. So please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a difference.
0: Do you wish all dogs and cats could find homes, but you can't adopt one right now? Best Friends Animal Society has a solution. Now you can help a homeless dog or cat find a home with our free action kit. Just visit our website, choose your favorite dog or cat, and we'll get you started. When you help a homeless pet in this way, you really are a champion, and that's why we call you a champion of love. Become one today on the Best Friends website at champion.bestfriends.org. That's champion.bestfriends.org, because every homeless pet needs a champion. And a best friend. She changed her mind when she couldn't change me. Hey, hey we're, we're Montgomery, Montgomery Gentry. Gentry. And we'd like to
1: tell you about the Bureau of Land Management's Adopt a Horse or Burrow Program. America's wild horses and burros are often called living legends of the Old West. Thousands of wild horses and burrow are overpopulating the western rangelands and we need your help.
4: For a minimum of one hundred and twenty five dollars, you can adopt one of these remarkable animals. Don't miss this opportunity to adopt a living symbol of the Old West. If you love animals and are willing to provide a good home to a very trainable Mustang or burro, call Adopt-A-Horse Program toll-free at 866-4MUSTANGS or browse BLM's website at www.blm.gov. Have a heart and bring home a piece of the Old West.
1: Remarkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda.
2: We're back on the air. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is back on the air, and the dogs are ruling the airwaves. This is Alex Alexanian with your co-host, Brenda Bush, and we are going to be talking about dog food. Okay, is it fit for consumption or can we cut down on our spending budget by buying some dog food for us? No, that's just a joke, guys. Okay, you can definitely cut down on your spending budget, but it's not good for you as we are about to find out. Hey, Brenda, what was this deal that you were told me this morning about this this Canadian special about what's in dog food that ran very successfully in Canada?
3: Yeah, there's a documentary that was done by uh, Yap Films. A documentary on the pet food industry, and it aired in Canada. It was supposed to air here in the U.S. I think CNBC was going to run it. At the last minute, they pulled it, uh, and they have no plans to re-air it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. See when if our did guest knows more Earlier this year.
2: And they were going to run it, and then they just canceled running it. They pulled it, it. right. So no one in the U.S. ever got to see this documentary.
3: As far as I know, yeah. So Mm -hmm. we'll ask our first guest about that. And uh, our first guest is Susan Thixton, who's founder of TruthAboutPetFood.com and author of Buyer Beware, Crimes, Lies, and Truths About Pet Food. Good morning, Susan. You're live on Dogs in Danger.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. Good morning.
3: So you've kind of made this your life's mission uh, it seems, yes?
4: Yes, I have. Yes, it's it's sort of taken over my life, but it's wonderful work, and I, I've met and have so many good friends all over the world, um, people, you know, for the same cause, fighting for safe pet food.
2: Wow, that's, that's well, you know what? That's a cause that close to my heart. It's a noble cause. Not my palate, thankfully, but my heart, yes. Uh, so, Susan, is there good commercial pet food? Let's start right in. Is there a good commercial pet food? And if there is one, in your opinion, I want to know what it is, what the brand is.
4: Well, I I don't recommend any pet food brand, so I can't in my position. So I'm sorry, I I just can't do that. Uh, But yes, I do believe there are conscientious companies out there that are in business uh, for the right reason, not only to make a profit, but to provide a, a healthy and quality nutrition food for the customers that, that buy their product. Um, the problem with this industry is that the regulations that govern the industry allow um, for very inferior literal waste ingredients to be used in pet foods. The regulations also make sure that every label basically says the same thing.
2: Wait a second, Susan. Okay. Um, You're basically saying that there is good stuff out there on the market that one can go and buy, right? Yes. But you can't tell us what that is.
4: I I don't recommend any brand. Well, she chooses
3: not to, so she doesn't get herself into trouble with the (laughs) the pet food companies out there. Well,
4: because if if, uh, the perception of me endorsing a pet food okay that's just i'm not uh it's not my goal to tell people what to feed my goal is to provide education to try to change the regulations uh and and to try to make the industry itself become more transparent so that the millions of people out there that have pets love them and want to feed a good food have their own power to walk into a pet store and to see the difference. Mm. So okay. if you're
3: saying that the, the, the industry is not adequately regulated and allows for uh, pet foods that are really, in your opinion, to be very inferior product... Um, w-
4: it, it's not only not regulated very well, which they claim it's regulated more than human food, but that's ridiculous. It's not. Uh, the The FDA has compliance policies. Compliance policies are... Uh, directives from FDA administration to field representatives that tell them to not enforce, to not enforce federal food safety laws that apply to pet food.
2: So tell us, Susan, tell us the, the biggest, who are the biggest companies selling pet food out there? Uh, what's the number one pet so, pet food selling company out there?
4: Mars, the same people that make M and
2: M. Well, and of course, so,
3: most people don't buy dog food that's named Mars. So, right, what right, would be yeah. some? What would be some of the typical brands that Mars? Uh,
4: neutro, been? Royal Canin, uh, Pedigree. Are
2: okay, all made by mm-hmm. Mars. And who's number two?
4: Uh, I think either Procter and Gamble, which is uh, I think actually, uh, yeah, it's uh, Procter and Gamble is uh, now Nutro uh, now. Uh, Natura Brands, which is Inova, Evo, California Naturals, and Karma, and the Imes and Yukonuba products. I think they're number two.
2: And who's number three? Is it Nestle? I,
4: I believe it's Purina.
2: Purina. Isn't that Nestle?
4: Yes. Yes.
2: So that's Nestle. Yes. Parent company. Mm-hmm.
4: And then following shortly thereafter, we have Del Monte with a multitude of products, many different brands, uh, and Colgate Palmolive. Those are the world leaders And how
2: how big is the business altogether? The category,
4: Um, pet food alone, I believe, is like a forty billion dollar a year industry. That's with a B, with a B.
2: And how does that compare with human? Do you have any idea what human food consumption is in this country?
4: No, okay, no, I, I don't have the numbers as far as human food.
3: And those handful, and there are so many dog foods on the market today. And those handful of companies are responsible for. Branding and marketing—all the dog foods that we see, pretty much, Com- uh, that you would commonly see in. in you know.
4: And they have a, a huge amount of power with their lobby organization, the Pet Food Institute. They have huge amounts of power with trade organizations, uh, the pet food industry, which would not even allow me, as a consumer representative, go to a trade event, which was recommended for me to go to this event in Chicago, held in April, uh, by a couple of smaller, quality-minded pet food manufacturers. They went, Susan, you've got to go to this event. You'll learn so much, you can report it to pet owners. The industry would not let me attend.
2: Well, but Susan, in all honesty... The uh, the FDA um, does, I guess, the best it can, but it's kind of a shabby job because it has a huge scope and it's kind of intertwined between the industry and the good, the welfare of the humans and the welfare of the industry it supports. So throwing the blame on the FDA is one thing, but let's talk about these companies. These companies are gigantic. I mean, they're icons of human consumption, okay? Mars, P&G, Purina, Del Monte, um, I mean, Nestle and Del Monte, I mean, combined, they probably represent 70% of everything you buy at the supermarket. That's my guess. I know that one company that I personally work for, Nestle, p- represents something like 25% alone. So let's let's say that these Worked com-
3: for as in past tense, right? As in past let's tense, be clear. Yeah. Yes, I do not work <laughs> no for Nestle conflict now, there now. <laughs> but 20
2: years ago I did. Um, so let's say that these companies are obviously enormous- influence companies that we re- recognize that they provide all the food pretty much that we eat packaged foods out there. Um, what are some of the ingredients that are in pet food that you think uh, pet owners would be shocked to know that that's in the food that are feeding their, their, their animals?
4: One of the most common ingredient uh, that the pet owners will be shocked on is the ingredient animal fat. This ingredient, uh, according to FDA testing is linked to associated with euthanized animals and it can be any euthanized animal uh euthanized animals cannot go into the human food chain they are an expense to destroy instead they are rendered one of the biggest secrets in pet food is well
2: well, let's clarify what is this word render just tell us the plain word
4: cook you you uh render soup okay render means to cook so expired grocery store meat expired restaurant fat um, cutaway sections at a slaughter facility for the processing of human foods when an animal has an injection site a cancerous tumor those are cut away most people think those tissues uh, disease tissues diseased animals they're just destroyed no they're not destroyed and I have a 2004 uh, document that was prepared for congress that explains rendering should anybody want further information so no wait, wait,
2: Susan. I hate to interrupt you, but you know we you're such a specialist in this area, and we have a, a huge audience in New York that has never heard these terms. So that's why I I, I hate to cut you off. But um, so some of this meat that they're this rendered meat, this cooked meat, some of the byproduct leftover meat. Okay, let's just call it leftover meat. Some of this is good meat, and some of it is diseased meat. Am I correct? It's not all diseased.
4: Uh, it's not all diseased. Correct, but okay. it is all cooked in one pot.
3: Right, but the regulation the regulations don't prohibit them from putting the diseased meat in is what you're Correct. saying.
4: Correct. Right. Exactly. And that that is a violation of federal the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Okay? Food is defined with federal laws as anything consumed by humans and animals. The FDA has written compliance policies that override Provide loopholes to industry.
2: Ah, uh, they provide loopholes out of that law, is what you're saying.
4: Exactly.
2: Without getting technical. That's how these huge companies that are... You know, I was going to say, are they? is Mars breaking the law? The answer is they're not breaking the law, because the well, law has essence, given them a way are. around it.
4: And in, in essence, they are. The FDA has said, we're not going to enforce this law with pet food. Oh, now, so, the so they FDA are breaking the law. Now, the not but, have the authority to change, Uh to alter federal law.
2: But they can not enforce it.
4: Exactly. Which is absolutely ridiculous.
2: Absolutely
4: ridiculous. Pet owners across the country have written Congress numerous times, Nobody pays any attention to us. It's just pet food.
2: Now, I'm going to ask you a very controversial question. I want you to be honest with me. Okay. Um, in this rendering argument, there is, in the animal rights movement, there has been talk constantly for decades that, as you know, currently we kill about 4 million animals in this country in the shelters. That used to be as high as 10 million just a few years back. It, it has come down. So The thought, I mean, the discussion has always been that those dead animals, instead of being thrown away, a good percentage of them somehow end up in pet food. Any truth to it?
4: Uh, I believe it is true, yes. Uh, I have the congressional document that explains rendering that mentions animal shelters as well. The reason these animals could become rendered ingredients in pet food and many other products, body lotions, lipsticks cosmetics, uh, on and on, is because many states have legislation that do not allow a euthanized animal to be buried in landfills, and many of these shelters cannot afford uh, a crematory.
2: How many states have that kind of regulation?
4: I I don't know. Uh, I don't know the exact number. I know California, for example, uh, all euthanized animals are rendered.
2: Uh, when you say rendered again, they're cooked? Is that what you mean? They're
3: cooked, yes. They're Euthanized cooked.
2: animals in California are cooked.
3: Rendered yes. is the word they use. And then what do they do with rendered. them? I don't care about rendered. I like cooked. The, the, the fat that rises to the
4: top becomes the ingredient animal fat. Uh, the the dry material, it is then, uh, y- you know, sorted. The dry material becomes meat and bone meal. Um, meat meal, not to be confused with a pet food ingredient like chicken meal or turkey meal, the generic term meat meal, meat and bone meal, animal digest.
3: And you find that ingredient on lots of pet food labels. And as last I knew, meat was not an animal. Uh, it's It's not a chicken. It's not a turkey. It's not a cow. Meat is just a general term. So what you're saying is really almost anything could be in there, including euthanized pets from shelters.
4: Uh, yes, most definitely. The, the 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 FDA compliance policies allow it.
3: Wait, you Susan, know, that's let me what get
4: You have to go uh, back to the FDA compliance policies right, right, allow right. it.
2: But let, let me I'm trying to wrap my but mind But is there any real this. proof of it? But let no, me let me understand this again. To date. What you the just FDA said
4: They did testing back when they released if if anyone wants to go to the FDA website and type in the the search term, risk of pentobarbital in dog food. The FDA pulled dog foods off of store shelves, and they found the euthanizing drug pentobarbital in finished dog foods. Um, Which is what
2: they used to kill them.
4: Exactly. Huh. They uh, also did species-source DNA testing, on pet foods, on these dog foods, and they found no dog DNA, no cat DNA, and no horse DNA. They announced no dogs or cats in pet food because we didn't find dog, cat, or horse DNA. Well, those are the three possibilities the FDA stated could be the possible species source of the drug. Well, if they didn't find the DNA, then their tests were inconclusive. Where did that drug come from? It didn't haphazardly end up in dog mm. food, it had to come from so a there, rendered euthanized So it's animal. somewhat
2: inconclusive, is what you're saying. It
4: is more than somewhat inconclusive. Yeah. It's flat-out inconclusive.
2: Right. Okay. So then tell me about the case in California. In California, they can't bury the dogs, right? They
4: cannot bury, the, like shelters, they cannot right. bury uh, euthanized animals in landfills. So these animals are rendered.
2: So they're they're so they're meaning that they're somehow cooked or something, and then those animals, the the rendered product. What do they do with that in California?
4: Uh, They sell it to shrimp farmers. Uh, They sell it to uh, the cosmetic industry. Um, It's and they sell it to pet food
2: and you believe they do even yeah. though the, the documentation is is not conclusive tell us the key ingredients people should be looking out for in the, in that you know in those terms that the industry has come up with which are impossible to figure out tell us the key ingredients people should be looking out for that is not good for them
4: animal fat is is one of these rendered ingredients fda testing was linked to penobarbital Animal meat fat. and Bone Meal is the specific ingredient name.
2: Meat um, and meat Bone Meal. and
4: Bone Meal. Um, um, animal Digest.
2: What the hell uh, is that?
4: Byproduct is that meal. that a new book? Pardon me?
2: Is that a new magazine, Animal Digest?
4: Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a That is a, a pet food ingredient. That is a rendered pet food ingredient, Animal Digest.
2: Susan, we're running out of time. I've got to ask you this question about this uh, Canadian special, uh, this documentary that um, apparently, just Brenda was alluding to, um, that ran and was very successful in Canada, and CNBC was going to run it here and did not run it at the last minute and has not given any reason why they canceled it, and they're not planning on running it again, and no network is. What was the content in it, and where where can people see it? I've
4: seen the video. It's it's good. Um, You know, it tells a lot of stuff. Uh, But um, my guess as to why CNBC stopped this is because the advertising strength of the powerhouses of this industry.
2: Can people find this someplace?
4: uh, You can buy the DVD from Yap Films.
2: Oh, you can't buy it. And is it on Netflix? Do you know?
4: Uh, I have no idea. We'll I put a
3: link no to idea. it. We'll, put, it, we'll yeah. put a link to it on our website. So, we'll put, so put a people link to it. And that, the name right.
2: of, of the documentary is? Uh, a Dog's Breakfast. Okay, we didn't have that. A Dog's, a dog's breakfast. breakfast. And yeah. was it good? I mean, is it, it, is it worthwhile I, for I people to I see? I wish it?
4: they would have done more. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there is another one. I don't know how good it's going to be, but there is another documentary being made right now out of Spain. Uh, so, and, the, and they're gonna dub it in English as well. Um, well, we look so, forward
3: to seeing that one um, um, just just as a, a last tip for people um, how can they um, find better quality foods assuming they 're going to um, be feeding a commercial pet food what what are Where are some of the places they can go to research to find better quality foods
4: well they can they can go to my website the newsletter is free and and they the website has a wealth of information, but read ingredients don 't pay any attention to Commercials to advertising to the front of the bag, all those fluffy pictures, all of that can be very misleading, uh, compliments of, of pet food regulations. Flip the bag over and read the ingredients.
2: Susan, last question for you. How about the old way? Giving your dog a bit of whatever you eat. Just take That's it off exactly the table. That's exactly what I do. And you recommend that? Is that good? Oh,
4: but I mean, you have to know a little bit about what you're doing. There will be a pet food cookbook coming out very soon. (laughs) Myself and a veterinarian friend are are publishing a pet food cookbook, but I've been feeding my dogs People food, my own. So have I. Know,
3: so have thing. I. And you know what? I love it when people call it people food because there's no such thing as people food. It's just food. And that works it, for the dog, right?
4: just food, yes. You have to give them all the nutrients they need, but it isn't right. brain surgery. It's not as hard as you think.
3: Thank you, Susan. We really appreciate you joining us today. It's been very enlightening, and uh, hopefully there will be a lot more healthy pets out there because of it.
2: Well, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Susan. You're a great guest. Thanks again. We'll be Bye. right back with our second guest. Hold on. This is not over yet. Hey, Brenda, what's the best way for the good folks out there to help their furry friends?
3: Well, they can buy our Dogs in Danger branded T-shirts, mouse pads, and postage stamps.
2: And you know those stamps are real U.S. postal stamps, so you can use them every day. Just think, someone else finding out about this cause each time you send a letter.
3: So please go to DogsIndanger.com and buy from our selection of logoed products. Remember, each purchase helps us save a life.
2: That's DogsIndanger.com. Right
0: now, thousands of wonderful dogs are in shelters waiting for families. Meanwhile, puppy mills breed tens of thousands of puppies each year to be sold in pet stores or over the Internet for profit. Dogs in puppy mills never feel the touch of a kind hand or grass under their paws. They're forced to have litter after litter to produce puppies for sale in pet stores at high prices. At the same time, many dogs lose their lives in shelters because people choose to buy rather than adopt their pet. Best Friends is working with you and with Humane groups all across the country to bring about a time when every animal has a loving home and there are no more homeless pets through their puppy mill incentive thousands of dogs have been rescued from lives of suffering and have become part of loving families and you can help save even more text the word dog to 90999 to give five dollars to best friends animal society and help save the life of a puppy mill dog together we can make the dream of no more homeless pets come true message and data rates may apply
5: throw
1: your dog a bone let him listen to the dogs in danger radio hour on 77 wabc back to alex and brenda
2: We're back on the air with the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour and the discussion topic of the day, dog food. Is it fit for consumption? And that last guest, well, unbelievable. Shocking stuff. Oh, yeah, my God. A lot God. of shocked
3: people right now. I, I know. I was horrified. I was speechless.
2: I, I'm, seriously, I'm sitting here and I have a microphone in front of me. I don't even know what to say. Uh, the rendering? What does that word come from? anyway? Rendering? What the hell is that? Why don't you just call it, call it cooking it?
3: Yeah, it's, what's it's, with
2: this rendering? It's, some
3: of it's really horrifying. Not to say that all pet foods are bad; they're not. Animal but, but clearly, if it, you know, it's it's uh, it's not regulated to the point where uh, it needs to be. Uh, our next guest is uh, is expert here, and um, we're going to introduce uh, Dr. Nessheim, who is uh, emeritus professor of nutrition at Cornell and uh, co-author of Feed Your Pet Right. Good morning, Dr. Nessheim.
2: Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Nessheim. This is Alex. How are you today? I'm doing just fine.
5: It's nice to be with you.
2: Thank, Thank you, you for joining us. Thank you for very much for joining us. We, you probably did not hear the discussion we had with Susan Thixton, and she threw out some stuff out there that was unbelievable to myself and Brenda, and I'm sure that, you know, the, the tens of thousands <laughs> of people listening here are sitting there going, what? So we're going to ask you to confirm or deny some of what Susan said, but let's, since you are a, uh, a doctor and a veterinarian, um, I'd like to ask you, how much are veterinarians taught about nutrition in vet schools?
5: Well, I'm not a veterinarian. Actually, I'm a Ph.D. nutritionist. Oh, sorry. But uh, we looked into this when we wrote our, our book, and it varies a lot depending on the veterinary school. I mean, some veterinary schools uh, have nutrition as a, as a prerequisite for uh, admission to the veterinary school. Some of them uh, will have an elective course in, uh, in nutrition, and there's a, a couple of schools that have a, a fairly uh, uh, several courses, and some of them are required. So it, it varies a lot between veterinary schools.
3: Is it true that um, that some of those nutrition courses are sponsored by pet food companies?
5: Well, yes. Uh, uh, there are uh, schools that will have uh, uh, portions, at least, of their nutrition courses that are taught by People that actually come in from pet food companies and uh, provide uh, uh, weeks uh, teaching or or segments of a course. Uh, yes, that's true.
2: Wow. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, let's not demonize everything either. That may not, you know that may not be a bad thing. I mean, some no, but the, it's a good thing to some know. Some of the experts in the industry could yes. be working for the pet food Absolutely. company. So I'm not going to I'm not going to demonize that. But let's go on to another very fascinating question. You wrote this uh, this book, and that is the reason you're on our show. Um, you had what? How did the the pet food companies deal with you writing that book? What was their reaction to it? I mean, did they support you? Did they work with you? Tell us what happened.
5: Well, we had a very varied response to this. I mean, you know, uh, uh, my partner Marion Nestle and I are somewhat outsiders to the industry. Uh, I have a background in animal nutrition, and Marion, of course, has a very big background in nutrition. And so we decided to look at this industry. And so one of the things we tried to do was to talk to the industry, visit some of their facilities, and so forth. And we had a mixed bag on that. Uh, some companies welcomed us in, and in fact, the Hills Company invited me to go to spend a week at a course that they were showing to veterinarians uh, at their headquarters down in, uh, in Kansas, whereas uh, uh, we asked to visit some other facilities, and they said, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that.
3: Who were some of the ones that said no?
5: Uh, well, Purina wouldn't let us into their research facilities, and uh, there was a, uh, a, um, a contract uh, uh, facility here near Ithaca that wouldn't let us come to see their uh, research facilities or their facilities that they use for testing dog foods and so forth. Hmm. The Mars Company let us in. Uh, we went to their facilities in uh, in England uh, and uh, they have very nice facilities there.
2: So, so Mars worked with you, Purina, whose parent is Nestle, my former company. Right. And we tried to go to Ems
5: too, and they would not let us. Ems uh, Ems is do what
2: P and G, Brenda. S- uh-huh. Yes, that's
5: P and G. That's P and G.
2: Okay. Well, of the top three, one let you in, and the other two did not let you in. And did they work with you positively? Did they provide information for you? Were they helpful, or did they shut the door on you more more than
5: No, no, they were very, they were very helpful to us. Uh, particularly those that let us in. We actually went to a, a, a Nestle Purina meeting on cat foods, mm-hmm. in uh, which was an open meeting, and we went to that in St. Louis. And uh, But when we tried to get a tour of the manufacturing facilities and research facilities, we were not able to do that.
2: Hmm. Let me uh, throw a couple of things at you. Susan mentioned some labeled food products that she says are just horrible stuff from rendering of other animals um sometimes diseased parts of animals sometimes good parts of the animals meat and sometimes the diseased parts and and, uh, and there's no regulation on this so they're all combined together she specifically said for example meat when you see on a label meat and bone meal avoid it you agree mm-hmm. or disagree with that
5: well uh rendering you know rendering is uh, is a is a big part of the pet food industry that's how uh, a lot of the of the pet food industry got started is using parts of animals that people don't eat you know But is that uh,
2: necessarily a bad thing? I mean, because there are parts that we won't eat that an animal will eat. However, what she said was that there was diseased parts of the animal that are mixed in
3: and euthanized animals
2: and and Mm -hmm. euthanized animals. For example, we don't want to eat a dog. Okay, no matter what part, even the juiciest part of a dog, we don't want to eat it. Okay, Okay? if the dog is filet mignon, we as a society have decided we don't like dog filet mignon. So. What she's saying is one one part of her equation is that it's diseased parts that are going in, and another thing that she's saying is that sometimes dog and cats are ending up in the dog food. What's yeah, the deal? Well, is there a we, truth? We've
5: looked into this a lot. The majority of the of the meat meals, and, and you don't see very much meat and bone meal in pet foods anymore because it's gotten a bad name, but you do see things like poultry byproduct meal and uh, poultry meal and... And lamb meal and things like this, and the parts of the animal that we don't eat, which is the intestines and uh, the, some of the organs and so forth, uh, come out of packing plants and those are sent to rendering plants where they're cooked, and some of the fat is taken out of it and they're dried and they become a meal, which is a high protein meal, and uh, and and those are have been kind of the basis of, uh, commercial pet foods for, for many, many years. Now, in terms of whether there are dogs and cats in pet fo- in, in meat meals, uh, uh, there's no question that that used to be the case. And, but we tried to find out in our research, whether that was still, still happening. Uh, there's a funny story about a company, a rendering company in St. Louis that, uh, uh, television station there back in the 90s filmed a truck going into their facilities that said uh, we feed your pets and it was coming from uh, from a uh, dog pounds and so forth so that caused a huge hue and cry <laughs> and uh, but uh, we looked into this as as much as we could and the uh, county shelters and so forth uh, tell us that uh, most of the pets are now uh, Incinerated, or in some cases, go to landfills. And of course, pet food companies, when they buy their products, can specify to the companies that they buy them from of uh, of, you know the kind of things that they want to go into them. So we couldn't find much evidence that uh, there were dogs and cats in these meat meals, but that's not true. It's not you know it's not hundred percent that it couldn't be the case. The
3: regulation does not prohibit it, though, right?
5: No, it does not. Mm -hmm. And the same thing was true with uh, euthanized animals. Certainly, that can be the case because you have the, the FDA did look into looking at some of these products and found some uh, residues, very small amounts of residues of phenobarbital, which is a used the uh, which is the drug that's used to euthanize these animals. There's so,
3: no natural way for that to get into there, right?
5: No, I mean that would have to come from some euthanized uh, animals somewhere. Uh, somewhere. What about somewhere? The, the, and so. I mean, pet food companies tell us that, uh, you know, they now can go to a specific poultry product, poultry producer plant, or, you know, a, a rendering or a plant that is that is uh, preparing chickens for human consumption, and uh, they take the uh, off all and the other things that are not being used, and they know where it comes from, and so therefore they can have a better chance as to what the pet food really has. Hmm. But, uh, you know, that's not the case probably in every case.
2: Right. Well, it, it never really is. Um, right. I asked Susan to name the f- best, foo- you know, the best uh, pe- pet foods that there are out there, the ones that are the best. High-quality natural These, foods, right? Right. The, As an
3: independent consumer advocate, she felt uncomfortable naming names and brands.
2: So right. can we ask you, we're not going to talk about what's a bad one. Can you tell us what, what are good brands?
5: Oh, you
3: know, um,
5: I don't really have a very good uh, uh, way of telling this because, uh, you know, nobody is doing experiments that feeds uh, one brand and uh, versus another brand and feeds them for a long period of time. And, and
2: What about from a nutritionist perspective, from what you're seeing on the labels, I guess? Yeah, well,
5: from a nutritionist perspective, you know, one of the things we say in our book and that... Pet foods are kind of like infant formulas in that they're, in some respects, they're all alike, because they have to meet uh, the profiles from the Association of American Feed Control Officials as to the nutrient content. So, uh, it, you know, it's like infant formulas; they are supposed to provide all of the nutrients that the uh, infant needs, uh, and that's specified by regulation. Well, in pet foods, the uh, this uh, AFCO profiles that they're supposed to meet provides the nutrient profiles that they all have. So most of the pet foods will have the same, at least, basic nutrient profile. It's the ingredients that are in them that people try to differentiate them from.
2: What about the high-priced, really expensive uh, foods that you can get, you know, the veterinarians will recommend to you? I think Brenda knows some of
3: the brands. The prescription Uh, diets. Well, we're going to try not to name brands here today. But the prescription foods, what are your thoughts on those?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, again, there's very little, uh, one of the things we found is that there's extremely little research evidence on a lot of this to be able to uh, make a decision. Uh, There are things that are, for example, there's pretty good research on on, uh, foods that are supposed to be, help dogs that have kidney problems, for example, and uh, and so some of those prescription diets have a fairly good uh, research background. Others, uh, we looked at the ingredients and the nutrient profiles of some prescription diets as, and looked at them as opposed to regular commercial diets, and we could really find very little difference in them. The mm, pet food so companies, particularly companies like Hills, which work with veterinarians a lot, feel that prescription diets provide a, a, a way in which a veterinarian can have a, a treatment or an interaction with a with a client uh, in a way that they're doing something for their pet, and so they use these prescription diets in that way. But also, and a steady and
3: a steady income, yeah. I would say. You know, I, I pass I pass by uh, on my way uh, a couple of times a week. I pass a, a local uh, veterinary hospital, and I know they get their deliveries of these foods on Thursdays. And how do I know that? Not because I buy it, but because I see hordes of people and bags of food stacked up. As this is just one small practice. Oh, waiting for uh, their food every week. And these people yeah, are paying... I mean,
5: pet food is a big, big part of many veterinary practices. There's no question about that.
2: So it's got profit motive all, written all over it.
5: Well, there's a conflict of interest there, isn't
2: there? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, we have that in all over the place now. Okay, society. well, here,
3: here's, a, here's a topic that uh, flies around our house a lot, and I'd love to get your thoughts, Doctor, on um, vegetarian diets for dogs.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, um uh, not exactly a natural state of being for a it's dog, not right? Not exactly
5: a <laughs> natural food, but in fact, it is possible knowing that the specific nutrients that you have to provide that generally come from meat products can be added uh, as nutrients as opposed to getting them from the specific product.
2: Can a dog stay uh, healthy eating only vegetarian food? Uh,
5: there are many people who feed vegetar- vegetarian diets to their dogs who claim their dogs are doing well. Uh, it's not something I would particularly do but there it's a matter of uh, of uh, of culture and uh and preference and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i mean if you're a veterinarian if you're a vegetarian and you abhor the feeding of of animals and so forth to yourself well you want to your dog, you want to feel the same way about it, and so many people do that.
2: Yeah, but first thing, you have to have a discussion with the dog and see if the dog agrees.
5: That's correct. I mean, <laughs> and the dog probably would have some of its own preferences on that. And
3: and most, you know, the, the, the AVMA, uh, most veterinarians, unless you're fortunate enough uh, to be going to a holistic-minded veterinarian, um, will try to discourage you from feeding home-cooked at home cooked foods to your dog or table yeah, scraps. What's
2: what's that all about? What? Why? What's wrong with just feeding your pet what you eat?
5: Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, if uh, we've taken the position that if you can feed your family uh, cooking at home, you ought to be able to feed your pet. And uh, and there are many. We recommend that you find a a, a good pet uh, recipe book and and follow a a recipe, uh, feed a variety of foods, uh, use appropriate supplements to make sure they put some insurance in them. But uh, there's no reason you can't cook for your pet.
2: I mean, both of you, Susan uh, Susan and yourself both agree that cooking your own food and just giving him a piece of your own food is the best way to go. But it's an economic issue, right? I mean, people, if they look at how much it's going to cost them to feed their big dog from their own meal versus, you know, buying Mars's food, isn't the cost going to be much higher? on a proportion basis
5: well not necessarily i don't think the cost will necessarily unless they're feeding your your dog filet mignon or something like that i mean you can cook for yourself and you can if you find a relationship with a butcher as some people recommend uh you can get uh uh, low cost uh meats and and other things that uh you can use but of course it's the convenience i mean uh if you can open a bag and uh and take care of the nutritional needs of your animal uh, by putting a couple of cupfuls in a in a, in a you know, in a dish, and the dog just loves it. Why that certainly takes a lot of pressure off.
2: Yeah, that's that, that's true. But let me ask you this question, okay? Susan was very critical of the FDA regulations, and FDA gets hit right and left, obviously, just, uh, just as, the, as the FAA does and, you know, all of these kind of quasi-regulatory agencies that, right. you know, that are supposed to look out for the public and look out for the industry. Again, you talk about a conflict of interest. That's the 10,000-pound t- gorilla in the room. But let's, you know, one of the most destructive forces known to man, that I believe anyway, is the Big Mac, Okay, you eat a Big Mac every single day for every single meal in your life, you're gonna die really fast. Okay. <laughs> it's probably caused more death than all of the wars in the last fifty years combined.
5: You, you, you- probably see Morgan Spurlock's movie then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, there are no efforts to make it illegal obviously as it's a huge corporation nobody's even talking about let's make the big mac illegal okay. Right. What's with I mean we have a society that allows people to go in and eat a big mac every single day and drop dead. So what's with all this controversy about commercial kibble I mean, kibble is the one that everybody targets, right? What's inside of that kibble is what we've been talking about 90% of this show. Right, right. Why, why have this, you know, all this craziness about something there we have a society that, ex, you know, that accepts um, self-destructive food all over our cha- food chain?
5: Well, you know, pets have a very special place in people's lives. And uh, the people who are, you know, very concerned about what's in their pet food uh, – uh, really are showing the concern that they have that their pet is fed properly and uh, fed a good diet. I mean, they the pet is completely dependent on them, and so they're the ones who are providing the nutrition for the pet. You you make your own decisions when you when you cook for your, when you feed yourself and right. you have and, your Big Mac every day and well, so forth. So
3: Exactly. And that's a discussion we were having coming down in the car yeah. today because he used his Big Mac analogy on me. And I said, you know, dogs don't have a choice. They're completely dependent on us for the food that they eat. That's uh, correct. Li- like like it or not.
5: There's a lot of concern about from people who love their pets.
3: Right. To make to make healthful choices for their animals, and That's correct. Um, you know, I, I've used uh, for years a, a natural kibble and supplemented that with home cooked. Um, you know, after doing a whole lot of research, picking the food, I have angst about it every once in a while. I would love to switch over. I'm not I, I'm not against pet foods. I'd love to switch over to an entirely home cooked diet for my dogs, but honestly, okay. it's you know, it, it's not the easiest thing to do. It takes a lot of work, just like it does to cook for your family.
5: That's correct. And I think your dog probably loves it that you cook for or something once in a while. They do. And
3: yes, they do. All of them. all of them do. <laughs>
2: right. Well, you know what? I I love I absolutely love the tagline for Animal Planet. Um it's it's absolutely terrific and it applies again, surprisingly human. They're surprisingly human in every way that you look at them, you know? That's and in right. what the, what they consume. They're surprisingly human, guys. Oh,
5: well, I mean, the dogs, uh, particularly dogs have a You know, a digestive system and uh, nutritional needs that uh, really, really mirror humans in many respects. And they were used early on in nutrition studies as a model for studies on human nutrition, for example.
2: Well, you know what? This has been quite a a story. And we obviously just, you know, it's a a $40 billion industry. We're not going to be able to dissect it in an hour here. But we've had two super guests. Yeah, really. um, Susan and Dr. Nesheim have been absolutely terrific. Uh, Dr. Nesheim, I think uh, our engineer friend here is telling us we are out of time, and he's going to shoot me if I keep talking.
3: So <laughs> He's going to render you. <laughs> we appreciate you being uh, with us today. It's been very informative. Uh, we hope that uh, our listeners, listeners will um, check out your book, and uh, we have information about that on our website and that they'll make proactive choices about their, what they're feeding their pets.
5: Thank, oh, you.
2: Thank you very much.
5: It's been fun to be with
2: you. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Messheim. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Alex. And Brenda. From the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour with a special message for you, WABC listeners. Our charity, the Buddy Fund, has saved over 50,000 dogs from being killed, placing them in loving homes across the country.
3: Through our program, Dogs in Danger, we give a voice to the voiceless and raise awareness about issues and indiscretions in the animal community that would otherwise go unnoticed.
2: However, as a charity, we are dependent on donations from listeners like you to keep the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour alive on WABC Radio. We ask that you please look into your hearts. And if you support our cause and want to continue help us make a difference, please log on to DogsIndanger.com and make a donation to the Buddy Fund.
3: Any amount you can spare would go a long way in helping keep animals out of kill shelters and informative programming on the air. It's up to listeners like you to help make the difference in the life of a furry little friend. So please log on to dogsindanger.com. And make a difference.
0: Do you wish all dogs and cats could find homes, but you can't adopt one right now? Best Friends Animal Society has a solution. Now you can help a homeless dog or cat find a home with our free action kit. Just visit our website, choose your favorite dog or cat, and we'll get you started. When you help a homeless pet in this way, you really are a champion. And that's why we call you a champion of love. Become one today on the Best Friends website at champion.bestfriends.org. That's champion.bestfriends.org. Because every homeless pet needs a champion. And a best friend.
1: The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites. On 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex
2: and Brenda. We're back. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Wow, Brenda, I got to tell you, you know, we've been talking during a commercial break here with our engineer friend, Frank. Thank you, Frank. And uh, we are all disgusted here. I don't know about the listeners, and if you guys uh, feel the same way, send us an email and say, I am disgusted. What's with this rendering routine,
3: Brenda? I- I'm horrified, really. I mean, there have been rumors of, you know, diseased and pets euthanized in pet food for a long time, um, and uh, it- it's horrifying. And I just, you know, the-, the idea of the show today was not to bash pet foods no, out there, not. sure. There are good ones getting out getting there. Better. I think it's getting there better. There are good ones out there, and... Uh, Companies that are committed, uh, that are conscientious, and um, people just need to do their research. They really do. If they're going to feed a commercial food, they've got to do their research and know what's in that bag of food, and don't just trust the marketing because they are savvy marketers.
2: Yeah, but you know, it's not that they're bad guys. It is just the nature of the beast that they're in the profit business. It's profit. I worked for Nestle, as I said, and you know, it's it is their business to make a profit out of these products. It is, it is the, the nature of the business also that the pressure that a show like this and the people that are listening to this show An put educated on Educated consumer. Right. Do, do you remember what uh, Dr. Nessam said on, on a passing sentence? He said meat and bone meal products, which is one of the labels, mm-hmm. bad stuff on the labels, is pretty much gone away because they've been taking a lot of heat for it. Well, guys, where's the heat coming from? Right. It's coming from you, me, and you guys listening out there. That's the heat and CN- that's going to make these CNBC,
3: companies. we want you to air that documentary so more people can see it.
2: Absolutely. And we're going to put a link on our website, on the Dogs dangercom website, to yep. where you can buy that documentary from the filmmaker. We are pretty much out of time on a very fascinating subject. I'd like to come back to this topic, topic uh, a few months from now and redo it again. Um, having said that, Um, This is Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush signing go for another week. We'll see you weekends. Thanks again.
1: We love the weekend as much as you do. This is the most entertaining show I've heard in a long time. This isn't just about science anymore. Make 77 WABC part of your New York weekend. Live, passionate talk on the issues that affect you. Mark Simone. Larry Kudlow. Monica Crowley. John Bachelor, Bob Grant. Religion on the line. Aaron Klein. Jason Matera. ManCal. Check out the schedule at WABCradio.com.